You're listening to Catholic Chicago on WNDZ 750 AM. During the next hour, the Archdiocese of Chicago brings you programs about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Welcome to Catholic Chicago. And welcome to Built on the Rock. I am Father Bruno Bergmans, the host of this show. I'm here in the studio, and I'm with my co-host, Sandy Labouvi, who is on her phone at home. Hi, Sandy. Good morning, Father. How are you doing? I'm doing great. It has been a while since I've seen you. It kind of feels odd to be sitting in the studio all by myself. Oh, I apologize for that, and I applaud you for braving your way into the studio. It has been almost five months. months. Yeah. Yeah. Back in, I think it was our February 20th show when we had Joe and Siobhan on with us. It's been a while, hasn't it? It's so good Ah. to be connected again in this way, even though it's very different than what we're used to. But isn't that a sign of the times these days, Father? Exactly. I mean, everything is different. I think the whole world is feeling it. It is such a strange time. Oh, my goodness. Unprecedented. I don't think anybody imagined that we would be living through something like this. No. Even in the early days when we recorded our last show, we had mentioned this pandemic, but I think it was still kind of overseas at the time. And never in our wildest dreams would we have imagined it coming so close to home And for everybody, as you said, in this world, nobody is immune to this. Nobody has been spared. I mean, my family back in India, they're all on lockdown. And, you know, there was a period when they could go out only once or twice a week in order to do some shopping. And Uh, my brother, who had to work somewhere, he had to show a pass in order to drive his car through the traffic. I mean, unbelievable what we are living through. It kind of makes you wonder is there an end in sight to this? I mean, well, we're, I, I, yeah. I'm sure there is, but, you know, we do not know what kind of end it's going to be and what yeah. kind of reality we are going to be, you know, living through. Right, right. I think of, um, like right now, I think many of our listeners have children um, who are getting ready to start school up again, if they haven't already. And, and how different is that entire process? For me personally, I have two teenage boys, as you know, and my older son just graduated high school and is ready to start college, and um, he's going to the University of Tennessee in Knoxville, and his first semester will be remote now from home because I know. Five, of, five of his six classes were scheduled online, so at that point, he switched his sixth one because what's the point in sitting in a dorm room in Tennessee yep. when he could sit in his room at home and save some costs? and. Of course, the whole college experience will be different. His will be a little delayed as opposed to others who are sending their children exactly. away to school he now. Will, yeah, he, he will get that experience, I'm sure. He will you get know. there. But, yeah, all of this new remote learning, I mean, it's affecting everybody. I know my younger son is struggling with the fact that his high school is fully remote now. He says he just doesn't learn well that way. Yeah. Um, so, again, back to our point, nobody is immune to this. It affects the adults, their livelihoods, the children, and everybody Everybody in between. It's, and, and, I guess, and people yeah. are filled with so much fear and anxiety. Right, and uh, right. people are afraid of the unknown, the uncertain. People don't know what to do. You know, as I walked here to the studio, 
-hmm. Most of the people are wearing masks. And of course, I also saw the some of the businesses boarded up because of the looting. I mm. mean, it's, it feels so strange, you know. And mm -hmm. uh, people are also getting sick and some of them are dying. We have done some funerals of people who died of COVID. Right. And I know there are some very generous priests who have volunteered, younger guys who have gone to anoint people who are affected with this with this virus, right. you know, and and there have been a lot of things. But one thing I noticed that people of faith, I think, have a better handle on it, because I mm -hmm. think we know ultimately the Lord is in charge. Yes. In general, it's yes, it's true. I mean, when we face crises or we're in moments of fear, thank goodness we have faith to lean into at those times. I know. Because when you know the Lord is holding our hand, you know, yes, we are afraid, we are anxious, but yes. we have that sense of certitude that this God will be watching over us. Right, right. But, but one, yeah. and also, unfortunately, so many families have been devastated because they have lost their mm. jobs, they have lost their livelihoods. Mm -hmm. It's a very, very sad time for a lot of people. And we feel one with all of them. But we yes. also feel with them one with them in a different sense, you know. I'm sure you have reflected on this because suddenly we have been connected to the entire world mm -hmm. because we feel yes. that we are in the same boat. Sometimes it's right. easy to forget that. No, right. nobody like is, yeah. Oh, I was going to say, like we talked about earlier, nobody's been immune to this and the virus has not played favorites. Nobody's been exempt from it. It has affected the rich and the poor and the young and the old and yes. even the, the folks in Hollywood and the people here oh. you know, in our towns and communities. It's affected everybody. Absolutely. And, and and the other part of it is that we need each other We because we need to work for the common good. I mean, if I don't wear a mask, I'm going to, uh, you know, hurt you and you're going to hurt me for you don't wear a mask or social distance. And that is what is happening in the country because there are people who don't care. Right, See, right. we are forgetting we are in this together and we need each we, other. Even on a government level, you know, we need to help each other because the research done in one country can help the other. If you look at the development of vaccines, how all the nations are getting together. And I think that's right. a very good reminder because it's easy for us to think about our own little nook in this on this globe. No, no, we are part of this huge humanity. Right. You know, right. even within the country, you know, unfortunately, we are coming to an election. We start mm -hmm. to feel these divisions. You know, you are on the left, I'm on the right, I'm on the left, you are on the right. I mean, I'm in the middle, wherever. And we forget that first we are Americans. First right. we are Catholics. We are children of God. And I think that sense of solidarity, I wish we would really feel that during this difficult time. Right. And and focus our, our efforts on the overall common good of humanity not just what works for us in our little particular place in that time for our agenda, but the overall common good for everybody involved. If there's nothing else we've learned through this pandemic, it is how quickly things, how, how, how connected we are, how quickly things spread. Yes. You know, we are a very small world getting smaller all the time. So if we can keep the common good of everybody in the forefront of our thinking and our actions, um, it positions us obviously the best to get through this. Yes, but I you're mean, right. my mind yeah. went back to 1985. You remember that? Oh, you were very young. Yes. There was uh, that video that they produced, that song, We Are the World. Yes. I mean, yes. that was for famine in Africa, but the world right. came together. 
you know, we need to feel that kind of solidarity. Now, one thing right. I learned, you know, as I get older, we need that. You know, we, we are part of a bigger whole. You know, we have to forget our little, you know, little parochial divisions and ghettos and reach out to humanity. And that's what will make us also happier and more content in our life. Do you know what I mean? That's, I definitely know what you mean. That and is absolutely the truth. Yeah, especially for me, you know, because I had the privilege of living on three different continents. I don't feel I'm completely only Indian. I hope I don't come across badly, but I feel mm -hmm. I'm Indian, but I lived in Italy. I feel Italian. I've, I've lived in America all these years. I feel American. You know, that we are part of the humanity or the whole of humanity. <laughs> right. We are it's all like brothers and sisters. Right. Each of those is kind of a subset of you, but the larger overall picture is that you are a human side by side in this world with plenty of other brothers and sisters, and we are all at that level united. Exactly. So I yes. think um, I think that is a great way to start this discussion. And we thought, Sandy, you and I, we thought that it would be better to talk about this pandemic and yes. uh, what we have learned and how we can probably cope with this, you know, hopefully we can help our listeners. And it has affected all our lives, our relationships. And so in the next section, we would like to talk about what lessons we can learn during this time. So, yes. so I think that's, that is what we would like to do in this show. So, you know, whenever we have a crisis, we have two choices. So we'll talk about that when we come back after a short break. Sounds good. Throughout our nation and our world, people of all faiths have recently been joining fervently in all kinds of prayer. They have found that coming together in prayer is a source of comfort and strength. In this spirit of unity, the Archdiocese of Chicago has introduced a call to prayer, a telephone line dedicated to prayer. If you would like to join with another person in prayer, call 312-741-3388. This line is staffed from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. daily with parishioners from across the Archdiocese of Chicago. These volunteers are here to listen to you, offer support, and pray with you. A call to prayer includes a 24-hour voicemail and email options as well. Experience this wonderful opportunity to join with people just like you who trust in the power of prayer. That phone number again is 312-741-3388. Let's pray together today. We invite you to watch Catholic Chicago this weekend, featuring a conversation with Cardinal Blaise Supich and video highlights from across the Archdiocese. Here's host Todd Williamson. We'll talk with Cardinal Blaise Supich about ongoing efforts to safely reopen churches and schools. We'll take you to a drive-in mass, one of the more creative ways to worship during the COVID-19 pandemic. And we'll hear from our new priests, the men who were recently ordained to serve the Archdiocese of Chicago. Watch Catholic Chicago Friday at 7 p.m. on Chicago Loop Cable, Channel 25, and Sunday afternoon at 3 on the Comcast Network, Channel 100. Welcome back to Built on the Rock. 
a radio show dedicated to helping couples build their marriages and relationships on the rock that is Jesus Christ. I'm here with uh, my co-host, Sandy Labuvi. I'm Father Brito Berkmans. We are talking about how this pandemic has affected all our lives and what lessons we can learn. So in this segment, we would like to talk about some of the lessons. You know, whenever you hit a crisis, you have two choices, you know. One choice is just to ignore it and try to see you can go on the way you always you did or you try to change your ways. And so this crisis is calling on us how we can change for the better. So here are some lessons I think we have learned. What do you say, Sandy? Yes, I think it's actually um, a great way to reflect on our, our present condition in the middle of this pandemic, um, because as we open our show discussing, even down to this very radio show we're, we're, we're taking part in right now, things are so different. We've been forced into um, different situations, different priorities, and, and basically some new normals at home. Or maybe they're, they're becoming normal, maybe some people hope they're not, but new ways of operating. And so we've We've taken a little time to reflect on those, Father Brito, and think yes. about the things we have learned from that and how do they apply to our relationships, not just during this time of pandemic, but what can we do intentionally to carry some of these, what I would call virtues, yes. forward um, so that they become a part of our relationships outside of the pandemic as well. Because yes. even though I think this has caused a lot of frustration for people, I think there have been some really incredible blessings that have come from this um, this this time. Yes, some blessings that were were not planned for. I know. Um, for example, if we want to start with just the virtue of humility. Um, oh yes. Thinking about this this pandemic, this illness, it it gave us a reminder, a stark reminder that we are all helpless. Right? We don't call the shots. Exactly. Ultimately, we do not have that power. And even as advanced a nation as we are, advanced technologically, as advanced medically as we are, our great wealth, our strong economy, all of these things couldn't help us when it came to this pandemic. It still struck us and it reminded us that we aren't in control. Don't you agree? Yeah. I mean, it kind of knocked us off our pedestals, you know. Yes. People's yes. plans were rudely disrupted. They couldn't go on with their normal lives. You know, in a certain sense, we had to throw up our hands and say, you know, I surrender to this. Right. We realize right. that nature is far more powerful than we are. Right. And, Very true. And I think that is an admission that will lead to humility. And, yes. And humility is a virtue that is in short supply. A lot of mm -hmm. the problems in families, in marriages, in our society can all be attributed to lack of humility. And when we are humble, we find favor with God, and people also want to be with us. That's true. That's and true. St. Augustine called humility the secret of holiness. So what a wonderful stepping stone for us, as we were kind of, like you said, knocked off our pedestals, put in place in a sense, reminded that we don't have this overarching control and power, and yep. ultimately we don't have this grand scheme figured out. Yep. If we can carry that forward into our relationships and the way we, we interact with each other and the way we um, accept other views and other opinions that aren't necessarily yeah. aligned with ours from a position of humility that maybe we don't have all the answers. Exactly. Maybe in our, our little plan it looked like it was laid out perfectly, but then wham, 
yep. something enters into the picture, how do we react to that with people we relate to? How do we react to that with I know. love? I think From, I, that leads yeah. us to the next virtue, I think, is patience. <laughs> mm. Mm. <laughs> I mean, oh boy. if there is one thing we don't have, I think, as a culture, is patience. And oh, you know why? True. Because in America, everything works. I mean... You know, I, I, I'll tell you, I just applied for my social security. Now you know how old I am. And, yeah. uh, and <laughs> I did it online. It took me 20 minutes or 25 minutes. And in five days, an agent called me. It was settled. Now, if I had lived in other parts of the world, like India or even Italy, you know how many months it would have taken? How many times would I have to run to some office, beg somebody to make sure it happened? We are used to that. We call mm. the shots. You know, I feel like, you know, during this time, you are on the highway and you are just before the last exit and the previous exit is gone. The next exit is like three miles away and the traffic is backed up. You can't mm. go anywhere. That's how you feel. Right. To so, be patient. Yeah, right. mm -hmm. You know, now the word patience comes from the Latin, pati, means to suffer. <laughs> Mm. And we don't like suffering, you know, especially in America, because we have a pill for everything. But there is no pill for suffering like this. You got to right. bear it. You got to offer it up. Right. You know, that, right. that's that is the thing. So, again, taking this to our relationships, when our plans get disrupted by this other person, whether it's our, our loved our, our loved one, our partner, our child, yes. our parent, whomever this is. Sometimes they do get in the way of those plans that we have, right? Exactly. And how do we react in those moments? You know, can we step back and exhibit some of that patience towards yeah. them? I mean, just take take the example of a couple, okay? We yeah. all have annoying habits, and you got to live with it. You know, I remember one of my dear friends years ago, she said, Father Brito, my husband snores like a locomotive, like a train. And then she caught herself and she said, you know, Father... There will come a day I won't hear that snoring anymore. Mm -hmm. And that's what happened mm -hmm. a few years ago. She lost her husband. Oh. You know, you got to put up with each other. That's what yes. Paul says in his letters. Bear one another's burdens and fulfill right. the law of Christ. So right. let's keep moving because which, time yeah, is that running. Leads, that leads, leads us. perfectly into the next virtue, Father, that we were going to discuss, which was com being compassionate people. Exactly. Having compassionate towards other people. Um, that's again something that was right in our face during this pandemic as people were fearful as people were losing loved ones to the hospital losing loved ones to death to this virus exhibiting compassion towards these people yeah we sandy i think we need to take a break is it time yes it's time we love to okay, come back father. all right okay. It has been inspiring to see how individuals, families, and communities have found ways to help one another throughout 2020. At Catholic Charities, we usually have 35 to 40 events a year where we gather and enjoy time together in support of important programs and services while raising critical funds that allow us to respond to the growing number of people who are in need of the most basic necessities in life. Many of our events are now virtual. If you would like to be a sponsor for one of these events, please call 312-948-6864. That's 312-948-6864. 
Also, visit us at catholiccharities.net slash events and follow us on social media too. We so look forward to when we can resume our events in person and reconnect with our friends and partners throughout Chicagoland. For now, please consider donating to Catholic Charities so our vital work can continue. Thousands of people in Chicago count on Catholic Charities every day. Please help us help them today. Learn more at catholiccharities.net. There's nothing like having a friend to talk to when things are not going well. And in these challenging days, everyone has had moments when they are discouraged, sad, or worried. Catholic Charities wants you to know that we are here. If you or someone you know would like to share your concerns with a professional, call 312-948-6951 anytime, day or night, and you will be connected with an experienced counselor who will listen without judgment and offer compassionate, confidential advice that you can trust. That phone number again is 312-948-6951. Before, during, and after COVID-19, Catholic Charities is here for you. Welcome back to Built on the Rock. So, Sandy, we were talking about compassion. Yes. Now, the word compassion comes from two Latin words, kumpati, to suffer with. Yes. But Jesus suffered with people. See, yes. many times in our lives, we can't do much, but we need to suffer with people. And I always remind people, you know, when somebody loses a loved one, there is nothing you can say that will take away the pain, but your presence, you are being there with the yes. person, and that is compassion. So right. I think... During this time, you saw the compassion of people, you know, the best of humanity. Right. Oh. We saw, yeah. we saw some very creative ways people were thinking of others and, and reaching out and celebrating other people. For example, well, I'm sure people are familiar with all of these police car and fire engine parades on people's birthdays. Or yes. one of my favorites was very close to home right here where I live. Our high school principal yes. just felt terrible that the, the graduating seniors didn't have a graduation. So he literally hand-delivered diplomas to over 600 students. Right. And each place he came to was like a celebration in and of itself where people had their family and friends to recognize that one child receiving his diploma. Some incredible things have resulted from this that we never, we would never have come up with that if we weren't forced into this position. And also, so, you know, yeah. there were people who who went out of their comfort zone to do some heroic things. I, I, I remember yes. watching this little video clip of a landlord in Queens, New York. He owned a hundred apartments. Right. And that particular month, he told all his tenants, they don't have to pay rent. Can you believe mm. that? Mm. And a reporter who was interviewing him asked him, aren't you taking a huge financial hit? He said, yes, but money is not that important. And mm -hmm. then he took the reporter into his office and on the walls were all the pictures of the Sacred Heart of Jesus, Mary, mm -hmm. and the saints. And then he said, it is my Catholic faith that taught me to do this. And I oh, felt so story. proud as a Catholic. Mm. Compassion yes. to right. suffer with people. Right. Anyway, and right. let's go on because we got only about five more minutes. Yes, let's so, talk about how we move forward, right? Yes. yes. I, I think it is important because there were many other lessons we would have loved to share with you but our time is restricted so what we would like to go on to tell you is that how do we go from here 
You know, mm-hmm. when all this was going on, a friend from Italy sent me this little quote, and that really touched me. It said, we should return not to what we were before, but we should return rather to what we should have been. Mm. What we should have been. Mm. For example, what we were before, we were too busy rushing from one thing to the other, work took over our lives, whatever free time we ne- we had, we spent it on trivial pursuits, mm-hmm. we neglected our health, our families, our relationships, faith in God and our practice of our faith sometimes put on the back burner. Right. We produced so much pollution that the earth was having a hard time breathing. Right. But now, right. what should have been? What do you think, Sandy, what we should have been? Well, basically the converse of what you just said, we need to slow down and we need to smell the roses, right? Yes. We actually couldn't help but to do that now. Yep. With the sports and the entertainment gone, we focused on more important things like time with our family, enjoying meals together, time with our friends. And like you said, we focused, I think, a little bit more on our faith. Some of us, as they say, you know, you, you have no atheists in a foxhole. Yep. This wasn't entirely different. It's in these moments where people really dig deeper and reach out, even if it's out of desperation. But they, they, they dig deeper into their faith during these times. Um, we set a time, aside time for personal prayer, some of us. Really tried hard to focus on doing that. Yep. Began to appreciate the faith, and I'll tell you this much. Boy, do you appreciate the Eucharist when you can't go and receive it with yes. regularity. Isn't that the truth? Exactly. So some of these things that we took for granted, we ate, we found a new appreciation for again. Yeah. And we became creative in connecting, ways that we connect with the people in our lives. Right. And family and, as, and friends became very important. Yes. Family and friends became important. Right. Our right. faith became important. Back to your point about the earth. I mean, it even began to breathe more easily when we weren't using our cars and the factories were starting to get shut down and all the pollutants weren't right. being released into the air. Isn't it amazing some of the views um, that yes. you saw from cities that you had never seen the horizon like you had in these days of the pandemic? I know, I know. So I think yeah. the one big lesson of all this is to to search and strive for significance. Yes. That is, what is really important in our lives? I think it yes. kind of made us reflect on that. That, Correct. That, that, that all this clutter that we have, all the stuff and all our busyness, though, that is not important. Let's cut to the chase and find what is really significant in our lives. Mm-hmm. It's almost like, Sandy, you know, when, when we come to the end of our lives, what will really matter? Exactly. And there is a there is a poem that I would love to I say almost at every funeral that always makes me think. And maybe mm. you can share that as we go out of the show. Sure. Is it time now? Yes, we got just a couple of minutes. At, boy, does this time fly. Yes, it Absolutely. does. Absolutely. Yes, the poem you're referring to, the author is unknown, um, but the poem you're referring to is called The Dash. It's a beautiful poem. It goes like this. I read of a man who stood to speak at the funeral of a friend. He referred to the dates on her tombstone from the beginning to the end. He noticed that first came the date of her birth and spoke of the following date with tears. But he said what mattered most of all was the dash between the years. For that dash represents all the time that she spent alive on earth, and now only those who loved her know what that little line is worth. 
for it matters not how much we own, the cars, the house, the cash. What matters is how we live and love and how we spend our dash. So think about this long and hard. Are there things you'd like to change? For you never know how much time is left. You could be at dash mid-range. If we could just slow down enough to consider what's true and real and always try to understand the way other people feel and be less quick to anger and show appreciation more and love the people in our lives like we've never loved before. If we treat each other with respect and more often wear a smile, remembering that this special dash might only last a while. So when your eulogy is being read, with your life's actions to rehash. Would you be proud of the things they say about how you spent your dash? So let us all spend our little dash well. So until next time, may God watch over you and keep you safe. God bless you. God bless you.